Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Every Friday, I get to speak to a fantastic guest from the smoggers board that is tech. I get to pick their brain and then put it out. I have a brilliant guest today from a fantastic company. Laura, over to you. Thank you, Martina. Hi, everyone listening. My name is Laura Cavatupi. I'm a senior program manager at Disney+. Plus. I work on a team that's called Launch Program Management and Strategic Initiatives. And what that actually means is because Disney Plus is such a new streaming service, it's still rolling out across the world and launching in new markets. So my team is pretty much involved in everything that comes with that. It's been an exciting year at the Walt Disney Company. And before that, I was actually at Meta as well. Welcome, welcome, Laura. So, so excited to have this chat. Before we launch in, let me just remind the listeners of the format, just in case they haven't been listening to this episode one, which is absolutely criminal. There are 520 questions. I like to call them the buzzwill. The questions that I ask Laura are determined by a letter between A and Z, of course, and a number between one and 20. The letter determines the question format and the number determines the question topic. Laura, a letter and a number, please. I'm going to start with L for Laura and two, my lucky number. Fond favorites is the topic under the letter L and under two is travel. I put in here something that I think of fondly when I think of that topic. I love the film with Leonardo DiCaprio, The Beach. He's gorgeous in it. And the story just blew my mind. When I think of travel, I think of movies sometimes, even though I have traveled a little bit. Laura, when I say travel, what's your favorite memory? Oh my goodness. I was just in Thailand for 10 days with my husband and it was the most incredible 10 days. We packed in so much. We started in Bangkok. We went to Chiang Mai. Then we did like a two-day full-on super intense hike in the jungle. Flew down where they filmed the beach. So shout out to Louis <gasps> DiCaprio. Oh <laughs> what a way to do it. So you traveled multiple places around Thailand, did a little bit of the beach, off the beaten track, culture hopping. What's the thing that you'll take away from that holiday the most? I'd have to say the people. I have never witnessed or been surrounded by such constant kindness, openness, and warmth, the way that the Thai people communicate with one another, but also with foreigners. I bet you blew up Instagram. I've deleted my Instagram. I know <gasps> as an ex-meta employee, that's, that's sacrilege. But <laughs> that's criminal. What? I know it really is criminal. But you know what? I love Instagram so much, but I'm just doing a little bit of a digital detox. It makes it hold more mystery for when you tell people. Gone are the days, Laura, when you went to a gig or a concert or hung out somewhere cool. And like your friend's excitement was based on the way you told them that story, you know, of your experience. Now everybody's bloody there with you. Which comes in ebbs and flows. Sometimes I love engaging all the time with my friends and family around the world. At the same time, I think it's good to sometimes just recenter and focus on yourself and the closest people around you. You work in tech on a streaming service, but you're doing a digital detox. How is that working out for you during the working hours? Is there a balance that you can find between work and home life? I can now, but I think it's taken some time to get to this place. It's very easy to get sucked into constant communication and the desire and need to always stay on the front foot of what's happening in everyone's lives, both at work and at home. I think it's just striking the right balance, putting in the mechanisms that are necessary to make sure that you're at your happiest and calmest self. 
Laura's like the best in class example of how to travel and how to digital so far, guys. This is a <laughs> guest to be, I feel. Strong start to this. Thank you, Laura. And on that note, I would love another letter and number combo, please. B15. B15. Interesting topic of nostalgia. The question is, can you remember your favorite toy as a child? There is one that exposes me a little bit. The mechanical cat uh, must have looked like a bit of a lunatic because I actually brought it out onto the streets. But my parents didn't <laughs> let me have pets. They did tell me, like, we can't have any dogs in here because our apartment's rented. But little did I know that was a full on lie. And the owner was more than happy for us to have a dog, but they just weren't quite ready for that responsibility. We got a mechanical cat, dragged it around the house. It purred, it meowed, it moved its tail. I had it on a leash and brought it out like a pet. And I do actually think we still have it boxed up somewhere at home. Those things moved weird. They were iRobot kind of cats. I never liked those growing up. Yeah. What age were you with this cat? Was this quite young? (laughs) 16. No, I'm joking. (laughs) She still has it now. I still have it now. I think I must have been around eight or nine. It was a way of keeping myself company at home when I wasn't on a play date or with friends. <laughs> so, so sad. My parents should have just gotten me a dog. I'm sure this developed an interesting <laughs> character trait in you that you have leveraged. <laughs> you know, in the interviews, when they ask you, you know, what's your worst trait and you try and spit it into a positive, I feel like that cat probably <laughs> made you like, brilliant at communication. Or There you the- go. Toys are an interesting one. Well, Disney has a spectrum of going from toy to kind of like real life drama. Do you feel like there's an element that you've brought with you into adulthood or is it complete kismet that you work at Disney now? Massively. I mean, I think there's a huge element of your childhood and how it impacts the decisions that you make as an adult, the career paths you take. There's so much that feeds into that. By the time I was around seven, any time that I spent at home after school, like what I needed to do in the play that I engaged with had to be solely rooted in my own creativity and imagination. The stories that you create, the ways in which you associate identities to these Mm -hmm. toys that you're playing with, creativity and imagination is so importantly rooted in kind of the way that you have developed as a child. That's an amazing point, Laura. I put a post up the other day on LinkedIn, just looking at the generations and Gen Alpha, which is 10 years old or younger, they're born into digital. My niece doesn't care about dolls as much as I did. She's on like an iPad now. So I wonder how that will develop differently to me who had to like make a game with a toy that didn't do anything. And then we get into the talk about AI, which I'm going to pick your brain on just the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the generative AI stuff going on today from a kid's perspective. Is it like benefiting them? Is it not? It does scare me a little bit in the sense that humans, their neural connections will always try and find the simplest way out, right? Like the easiest path that they can follow. And I worry about the impact that AI can have on children's ability to feel comfortable in making mistakes. A hundred percent, but also making mistakes because they feel like, why do I have to go through the process of potentially exposing myself to criticism if I've got this thing that's going to help me get to the final place that I need to be immediately. Yes, criticism is character building as well. 100%. The capacity and skill for innovation is only really developed through failure. You need to know what works, what doesn't work well for you, for other people in order to kind of get to the clearest sense of who you are and what you're capable of. And of course, AI will have incredible impacts on lots of different industries and spaces as well. But through the lens of kind of childhood and the impact it might have on how children engage with it. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that jumps to mind. 
I'll speak for myself as a millennial. I feel like we have the best era, but I'm going to leave that there because I don't want no problems. (laughs) Um, And on that note, Laura, regretfully, I'm asking you for the final letter and number combination, please. X7. It's under the topic of aspirations for number seven. Will you live in the same city you live in now in five years? I love London. I love it here. I think it's such a cosmopolitan, exciting place to be. But my husband and I do talk a lot about potentially moving abroad. We both grew up in very international environments, went to international schools. Eventually, down the line, when we have a family, we would love to expose our kids to something like that, just because it brings with it so many brilliant experiences. If you are growing up in a completely different country to the one that you were born in or lived in for a period of time. You picked up on my American accent. My mother's American. She grew up in Chicago and then she moved to Europe when she was in her 20s. And as a result, passed on American citizenship to me. But I've actually never lived in the U.S. When it came to picking universities, I was considering between the US or the UK and ended up going to the UK to remain as close as possible to my family that was still in Europe at the time. So that is something on the horizon. I do think I'd love to explore that part of my identity, having never lived in a place that I'm technically from. And I've got wanderlust now. Like, I just want to book a flight. I'm off this call and I'm (laughs) going somewhere. So I'm super excited about that. Laura, this discussion has filled me with energy and excitement for other discussions to come. I love learning about people and I love how generous you've been. So thank you so much. We're entering into the juncture of the podcast that I like to call Sage Advice. And for those listening, this is the part where I hand over to the guest, the extrovert, the expert in their field to feedback any advice they were given along the way that helped them in their development. So Laura, over to you, please, for your Sage Advice for the listener. One of the ones that I think is the most illustrative of the past decade of my career is write your purpose in pen and your path Mm -hmm. in pencil. You might have clear vision and ambition, but you might get to a point where it's like total paralysis by analysis. You think you know all of the steps you need to take to get there, but at the end of the day, experiences that you're not that keen on taking on board actually are the ones that end up opening the most doors because you just fall into the situations that expose you to new skills, people, ways of working. I studied sociology as an undergraduate. I was very clear on what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue a human capital focused business path and then ended up in a consulting graduate scheme, but in financial (laughs) services and wealth management. I was a bit frustrated because I felt like it was impacting where it would lead me to. But you know what? It got my foot in the door of an amazing company with amazing people. I learned so much from them. Market research and qualitative interviewing, stakeholder engagement and management and relationship building, which has helped me tremendously in financial services. I started working with a lot of fintech clients, exposed me to the tech side of the world and business. And that's ultimately what led me to Facebook, which turned out to be the best five years of my career. Write your purpose in pen. Be clear about where you're heading and what values you want to live by. But your path has to be in pencil because things will always change. Laura, if I had a buzzer, I would buzz it now for being one of the best pieces, I think, of advice that we've had on Textroverts. You're a living example in what you speak of it being about the journey and not necessarily the destination. Laura, this has been fantastic and I cannot wait to share it. Thank you. Martina, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. The questions are amazing. You're amazing. This podcast is awesome. And it's just such a wonderful peek behind closed doors of the tech industry. It's so nice to learn a little bit more about everyone who works in this space. So thank you.
Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much for saying that. Do you know what? I feel like, yeah, this is the one to beat, guys. Laura, have a fantastic (laughs) rest of your day. And thanks again. Take care. Thanks, Martina.